listeners, and welcome to Into the Characterverse podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to providing deep dives, impressions, and reviews for specific characters out of your favorite comic books. My name is Mike, and I'm joined by... Audrey. And... Annalicia. She's back! Yay! <laughs> so happy to uh, be here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you! Uh, Charlie Baby do be sick. Um, so, uh, Annalicia was very nice to uh, fill in literally at the last minute for us. <laughs> uh, power watched two episodes of Secret Invasion for us. So She's a hero. A hero. Honestly. Uh, a goddess of greatness. <laughs> uh, we can never repay her. Oh, no, no. It's fine, Except really. with money. <laughs> no! No, no! Please don't! <laughs> So, uh, as I said, we are doing episodes uh, one and two of Secret Invasion. So, um, we explained this on last week's episode. Unfortunately, last week's episode was um, garbage. Uh, I couldn't understand a word we were saying. I did have to edit it for about two hours just to get the audio tracks to line up. So, it sounded like we were having a conversation. And then I had to make it so we weren't either, like talking real low or chickmunks so we are we're, we're back um we're hopefully this is better i don't want to have to record things again but um what we're doing this summer there's going to be a couple random um missed episodes just because the, it, it's the summer y'all we're busy we got things going on mm-hmm. we were just on vacation charlie has his things going on he is a baby yeah um, he's got two stuff. babies he's got two babies it's crazy yeah un- f- unfortunate um <laughs> sad to see him go sad to see him go <laughs> Uh, so we're, we're doing that. And then Secret Invasion, we're going to be releasing in two episode chunks uh, just to make ourselves a little bit, our lives a little bit easier. And so we can also finally finish off Miss Marvel. We don't have that many readings left, but it has been like six months since the last time we released a Miss Marvel episode. So we're going to try to finish that off here. But Kamala will be finished eventually. Eventually, yeah. We, we talked about it and we're like, oh, exciting. We're going to move to a new character. Hooray. And then it's like... It's going to be like mid-September until we're fucking done. You know, so. It's just the year of Kamala Khan, and I think that's fine. Yeah, 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 exactly. No one's going to So, we have episode one. I don't actually know the name of this episode. I think it's We Have a Situation, maybe? I something like that. I thought it was that. called like Resurrection or something like that. Yes. So, so far, all the titles have been one words. I want to say the first one's Resurrection, and I know the second one is Promise. Okay, okay. Um, I am utilizing a recap from Collider here. Um, Audrey and I also just watched both of these episodes within the last 24 hours. So everything's very fresh, very crammed together here. So I am going to utilize them quite a bit. So thank you, Collider and whoever wrote this. I'm sorry. I don't know your name. Annalisa is correct. The first episode is Resurrection. Wow. Brilliant. Already showing us up. Wow. No. That wasn't what I was trying to do. No, no, no. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just going to happen when you're the most talented person on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Stop, 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 or I will get off this podcast. <laughs> I, I think we're trying to make her blush. Yeah, there we go. Is that, oh, so. <laughs> what? They can't even see my face. I mean, that's Yeah, true. I don't know. You you can hear a plush in the voice, though. <laughs> that's a great anyway. but all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I believe all of these episodes, if I remember correctly, are going to be directed by the same person. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, so, which is one of the critiques that we've had with a bunch of the other TV shows is the 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 mood changes and like the it, like there's a lot of disjointedness in some of the other shows. So I, I, since this is kind of a well, it, it is a spy thriller. I, I do like the fact that they're trying to keep that a little bit more, um, a little bit more succinct. focused. Yeah. yeah. So this show, there, there's a decent 
by a decent, I mean a lot of prior watching required for this show, um, which yeah. is interesting. So yeah. um, we, 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 I was also watching some spoiler stuff, and I also did know. So Marvel also released a um, like a must watch prior to watching the show. Like they gave you a list of things to watch prior to watching the show. Uh, one thing that caught my eye, uh, like a couple weeks ago when this was first released, is they had Agents of Shield on there. If you want to hear more about Agents of Shield, it's on my Patreon. Good, blah, blah, blah. Yay! Uh, I haven't finished it. So most people haven't watched Agents of Shield. No. Uh, I am one of the very <laughs> few people that has watched, you know, more than like a season. So one thing that's really uh, weird in there, and kind of happens in the comics. So this might be a little spoilery. So sorry in advance for this, but. Um, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they use um, LMDs, so life model decoys, which are essentially just lifelike robots. Mm-hmm. Um, which I learned about for the first time when we were doing Jessica Drew. Yes. Yeah. Because all those Maria Hill LMDs yes. were in there. So, yes. Sorry, it just like it connected in my brain like, oh, maybe uh, Hills? Agent Hills? I don't want to spoiler it because we're not even anywhere near close maybe. to there, but like, I audibly screamed if you know you know when that thing happened and so when you say that i'm like oh there's a chance there's a chance there's a chance yeah (laughs) so there's a sliver so that i just wanted to bring that up up front because uh keep that in mind in the back of your head because not only are there scrolls there's potentially uh extremely lifelike robots floating around here so um nothing is real is essentially what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but which like that's when we open in the show, that's one of the things that the that the opening establishes. Like, oh, you can't trust nobody for nothing nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I like but Marvel also is just heading in that direction with all the versions of the multiverse of now with the scrolls and everything. It's just like whatever you see, we can honestly redo and do something different later on and say it's another universe or oh it was a scroll mm-hmm. the yep. whole time or oh it was a robot it's like mm-hmm. that's okay but then no one is going to fully pay attention to you at some point in time you're going to be the yeah. marvel that cried wolf and we're going to be like mm-hmm. no- nothing Why is do- going to phase us because we're going to be like eh, it wasn't fake it was fake it wasn't yeah. real you know what i mean exactly it, yeah like, things do why lose a we- punch yeah yeah why should we care yeah tiptoe De- in marvel on a dangerous line so the comics have already reached this point long ago like a lot <laughs> so i mean a lot of the newer comics are i like uh, but usually what it is is I like the new characters and new stories that they establish. And this, the sliding scale of, like, danger starts small. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I care the most. So yeah. I like that we're we're kind of brought to Earth. We're brought back down a bit in this one. Uh, but we should start with yeah. the start. Let's, <laughs> the let's start with the start. <laughs> so uh, there, there's a... Yeah, we'll just go. Okay, so Everett Ross, played by Martin Freeman. We've seen him in a bunch of other stuff. Uh, re- most recently, well, Wakanda Forever. He uh-huh. played a role in. He's been in uh, Spider-Man. He's been in. Uh, he was in the. What show was that? Oh, um, Black Widow. He was yes. in Black Widow a lot. The There's Hitch- all sorts of stuff. He's been he's been bouncing around for a while. The Hobbit, The Hitchhiker's yeah, he was- Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so he heads to a clandestine meeting with an operate, uh, operative called Agent Prescott, Prescott, uh, pr- played by Richard Dormer. So you might know Richard Dormer. He was in Game of Thrones. He was the uh, uh, priest of light, the one with the flaming sword. Um, what the? I missed that 
entirely. Yeah, he's a big old beard in Game of Thrones. But yeah, he's the one that can like light his sword on fire and stuff like that. So pretty dope. that guy. Yeah, he's great. He's great in that show. Wasn't utilized. No, not at all. So he's (laughs) obsessed with the idea of, you know, someone taking over, essentially scrolls. And they're trying to bring about a global war. He says that they're doing this by faking terrorist attacks to try to provoke nations to turn on each other. Um, He believes that the scrolls, after 30 years in the shadows, want to take Earth as their new home. Uh, Ross is very dismissive of the theories, and there's only a handful of them. It's fine. And is it? Ross also reveals that uh, Fury is on Saber. So we first see, well, it's not officially confirmed, but we first see Saber in Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, that at, at, like the post credit scene, I think it is, or mm. right at the end of it. I don't remember if it's post credit or not. Yes. Uh, but they'll they'll need more evidence to get Fury back to Earth because he's kind of just abandoned Earth at this point. Um, and Prescott's like, I got that. We unlock. I got all of this evidence. It's gonna be fun, and by fun, it's gonna be a dirty bomb. So mm-hmm. he's gonna come back for this. And Ross, is, he gives Ross the the details, and uh, yeah, he's like, this one is gonna be bad. So Ross agrees to take the information to Fury, but Prescott uh, starts to suspect Ross of being a scroll and attacks him. Uh, and Ross does kill him uh, by shooting him in the chest while uh, Prescott is trying to strangle him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He They run off, and Ross uh, calls Maria Hill, played by Kobe Smulders, for an extraction. Uh, while he tries to make a, the rendezvous, Ross is chased by a strange Russian-speaking man uh, after a ch- chase scene where he do run in a lot of up a lot of stairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he does try to jump and misses his jump and lands dead center of, in the street. Oh I my cringed. god! Oh my god! Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I, it was, I was very visceral. Devastating. I was like, "Well, this can't be. <laughs> this can't be Martin Freeman for real, because he wouldn't just splatter in the middle of a street." I mean, it would be a hell of a way to start a show. That would, yeah. It took me by surprise, because okay, like in chase scenes, like there's people who do parkour all the time, and you are like. They're the heroes. They're the protagonists. So you expect that they're going to make it. So when I saw him splat on the ground, I was really like, oh, (laughs) what? What just happened? What just happened here? (laughs) Uh, Anyways, continue. (laughs) But uh, he he do splatter himself on the concrete right in front of Maria Hill's car. Um, And then the Russian runs down. Maria pulls the gun. And Talos uh, reveals himself, played by Ben Mendelsohn. and Ross dies, turning back into a sc- his natural scroll form, uh, confirming that the conspiracy theory was real. Oh my god! Yeah. Wow. There, there is a lot of like weird globalist coding in this, like conspiracy I, theory. Yeah. Well, which, and I, I think early designs for the scrolls are based off of some pretty damaging uh, Jewish stereotypes. Yeah, it's not great. So, it's a delicate balance. I, I do like that so far they seem to be going in the direction of, um, well, I mean, with, in Captain Marvel, the girls are refugees. Yes. So we're already empathetic towards them. Yeah. So anyways. F- fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just keep that in the back of your head. Uh, some of, th- they've been done, as far as I know, a pretty decent job of avoiding that. But, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see. <gasps> oh, my God. Ben Mendelsohn is in Rogue One. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah, the yeah. he's the guy who's like, "Why are you on this stupid farm, idiot?" <laughs> you remember that famous yeah. scene? Yeah, he's the one that chokes on his aspirations. Vader makes yeah. like does that. Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah, I love that. Oh my Me god. Too. Okay, 
<laughs> anyway. That's where I got the, 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 the Vader me daddy thing. <laughs> Wait. He like chokes him and like lifts him up off the floor. Did you say that? Yeah, I just did. In this recording? <laughs> yeah, right now. Anyways. Keeping... We're, we're moving Was I... on. Okay, I'm we're sorry. We're moving on. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just let people stew with that. <laughs> thank you. Hopefully, thank you. none of my coworkers listen to this. <laughs> so after the after the credits, um, so one thing to touch on for the credits, it was AI, partially AI generated. Um, yeah. So um, so uh, it, <laughs> it's very obvious that the art is AI generated in some form. Um, Disney has gone like a little. I don't know. They've stepped it back pretty far on like the role of AI. Um, I highly doubt just putting prompts into AI could have animated this. Yeah, exactly how it, they, it was, dude. Like there's right. definitely an animator behind there. But. Right. And I do think if you are gonna use AI in this way, this is a good setting to use yes. it. Is it my favorite? No. Yeah, I'm not um, big on AI generated art. But. No, especially because a lot of the databases are neural networks that um you know, support AI. Uh, it they're not their images are stolen yeah. essentially. So and uh, yeah, it sucks. But if you're gonna do it, this it may, to make it l- look less human, like this yeah. is, I would say one of the few times it makes sense to do right. it. Right. So I, I here's the thing. I think it does look really cool. Yeah. And I like the effects, but I really would heavily credit the artists who are credited on the working on the title. Yeah. Uh, rather than just be like, oh AI. Yeah. So anyway. Anyways, so after the credits, Nick Fury is beamed down to Earth from a spaceship. Um, so he no longer has his eye patch, and he does have a limp. Uh, so he's picked up by Hill, uh, who takes him to meet Talos, where we find out that Talos's mate, Soren, played by Charlotte Baker, is dead. Uh, Fury and Talos uh, have a touching moment where they do touch the foreheads, yeah. uh, which is used quite a bit throughout the the show. It's a sign of affection. We first see it in Captain Marvel. Essentially, like that's how Talos gre- greets his family the first times he sees them, touching the foreheads and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Talos talks about how the Skrull spent the past 30 years working for Fury to ensure that he would find them a new planet. But after the blip uh, from Infinity War, of course... Fury was different. Like he just wasn't the same when he came back, uh, which is hammered home repeatedly in the second episode. They say it like a dozen times. They're like, "We want you to know he's different." But anyways, um, it's fine. So Talos tells Fury that his daughter Gia has dif- disappeared uh, after a point as well. Uh, so his wife died. He's been alone for a while because his daughter also left. Talos himself was kicked off the Scroll Council and exiled, allowing the rise of another disillusioned young Scroll who shares uh, a history with Fury, Gravik, played by Kingsley Ben Adir. So we're we're gonna mm-hmm. see a lot of Gravik here uh, throughout this show, I'm assuming. So I like his disaffected youth, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I did want to say one thing about the forehead touch. Um, we also see this in Polynesian cultures. Oh, cool. And uh, it's called the Hongi or Honi, and uh, it represents an exchange of Ha or the breath of life and Mana, spiritual power. Oh, cool. Um, I love yeah. that. So, you know, it's like a real thing that in indigenous cultures do in the real world. So, um, Gravik is the leader of a rebellion of among like younger ish scrolls. 
Um, and he's based in Russia. Since the scrolls are immune to radiation, the rebels are using abandoned off the books nuclear plants in uh, in the country as bases because there's just kind of random rundown stuff from the Soviet era. Loki smart. That was smart. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, he'll. And Hill and Talos have no idea exactly where Gravik is. Uh, so one of the reasons why the explanation for this that was given for the scrolls being able to, the radiation not uh, impacting them, is that they can change their body at a molecular level so mm-hmm. they can control any radiation damage that's done. They can essentially just re- repair it right away because it's just cellular damage. So how, how do they grow their plants? I mean, okay. I don't know. Uh, okay. They have like scientists and geneticists going on there. So if they have like a seed or something like that coming from the planet, because we do find out much later that there's a lot of new mm-hmm. people that have come to, to Earth, essentially. So they one of them might have been creating it and they were able to replicate it. Uh, there's going to be kind of spoilers. I'm assuming genetic engineering type things going on in the next couple of episodes, which we'll touch on in a little bit. Cool. So... Uh, do, 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 do they don't know where Gravik is. Hill tells Fury that Prescott had found schematics for a dirty bomb, which he thinks the scrolls will use to stage a, a terrorist attack that will be credited to a radical group called Americans Against Russia. Um, oh, um, just for the dum-dums out there, a dirty bomb is when you have a bomb and it's also kind of nuclear. Is that okay? Sure. Uh, so what a dirty bomb is, is conventional explosives <gasps> using radioactive material, pellets, whatever, to essentially explode and then send that radioactivity into the uh, the air around it. Awesome. Um, awesome. So the, the initial explosion might not kill you, but radiation sickness, long-term health things, it's not as detrimental well it could be as detrimental but it's not usually as upfrontly detrimental mm-hmm. as a like biological bomb you don't um, have the shock and awe yes and then like a nuclear bomb obviously is using fission and fusion to make a much larger explosion that also has radiation which is more of a byproduct of a nuclear bomb rather than the plant so the nuclear stuff another thing with a dirty bomb is is a lot of times it can hinder um rescue as well because a lot of like it, since it lingers in the air longer you're putting your rescuers at uh, fault and then if also it can do uh, damage to the land and environment around it so it can kind of blight the area for a while as well awesome the dum-dums thank you uh, it's me I'm the dum-dum yeah. thank you um, I, I am definitely that, but now it explains like why they decide to go with that specific bomb because it wouldn't hurt them after the explosion which explains why exactly. he looks super cool with the explosion in the background i was like feel and it, it makes sense now it makes sense now thank yeah. you for explaining yeah so I, i'm definitely on some watch lists i looked into a lot of this in college because i was doing stuff on uh like biological like counters and stuff like that for all my chemistry board. degree all above so board. yeah everything was above board everything was legal um but you know I, so I've, I've looked into this more than like, just like surface level stuff. So <laughs> it's great. So, yes. So they're going to be trying to provoke a war uh, because there's the Americans against Russia, the AAR. I don't sure. Know, they've never called that. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> they're pirates. Um, and they're trying to provoke a war between two major powers, in quotes. Um I, I like the little uh, subheading that we have here. Is like, oh, we're just going to pretend Wakanda is not a thing. <laughs> you good? You good there, Annalicia? <laughs> okay. I'm so sorry. Cut that out. <laughs> no, fine. absolutely not. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> you're good. You're good. So, 
<laughs> the the scrolls have since stolen materials that they will need from a site in uh, Kazakhstan. Uh, so the the threat is real and potentially very bad. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Fury, hit, presumably shocked by the stakes of what he's walked into, abruptly leaves for a walk. He's like, "Nah, I'm good. I gotta go. <laughs> we're we're gonna go for a little saunter." So I, he literally <laughs> says, "Like you're a black guy walking around in Moscow at night. Like, is this a good idea?" And Nick Fury's like, "I don't care." And just promptly exit. And I was like, "Dude." Even I'm the you, even the people in the show are saying that's a bad idea. Yeah, right. <sighs> You're doing a big risk. Yeah, uh, for really not, very little reward. <laughs> yeah. So we cut to James Road. Uh, he is now a presidential advisor, um, and he informs President Ritson, uh, played by Dermont Mellarooney, that Fury has left Saber and that him and Maria Hill have gone AWOL. Um, so the president tells Rhodey to deal with it. Um, so one thing I, so this is theory slash we kind of already know Harrison Ford has already been slotted to play uh, the president in the next Captain America movie. So we know that this president is either going to die or is already a scroll might be already dead. We don't actually know. Oh my God. So, um, there, I, I did see a theory as well that all the other, um, like major buildings and stuff like that in the intro turn green throughout the white house is the only one that stayed its original color. So maybe it hasn't been infiltrated yet. We don't know. So interesting. (laughs) Yeah, so Fury goes for a walk. He does his little saunter. So he walks a past a couple who uh, is making out, which classic spy move. Uh, but the girl just stares at him. And then there's also a girl that's playing with a big old ball um, that just kind of stares at him as well. And then there's a woman who is shocked by his appearance. Uh, and yeah, a- anyways, these are all people that show up later in the sh- this episode as well. So, uh, Fury is walking through the market. The three people that Gravik turns into are these three people. The only one I clocked was the little girl. Yeah, there's a little girl, <laughs> old man, and the woman that, uh, does the, the kiss. So those three people all appear in this scene as well. So anyways, two men attack Fury, put a hood on his head and push him into a car. So, we get to meet Sonia Falsworth, played by Olivia Coleman. Um, I, I looked up, and she's been in a bunch of stuff, but none of the stuff I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a point in the second episode that I'll, I'll get to that I thought maybe she had been in uh, a specific movie we'll talk about, but we'll okay. see. So, um, she is charming, um, but, you know, very off-putting. Like, her, her mannerisms are just kind of a little strange and stuff like that, but... Um, uh, you know, she has a little hideout. There's a bunch of clocks and stuff like that. They clearly know each other. They exchange some banter. Uh, she gets him a drink, and he plants a camera on an owl, uh, like a little eye, a little statuette kind of thing. Yeah, it's real small. But they drink and talk about the Squirrel Rebellion, which Sonia is also trying to stop and seems kind of aware of already. So that's fun, I suppose. <laughs> so Fury asks Sonia about the heist in Kazakhstan. And Sonia says that she doesn't know anything about it, which Fury is like, nah, nah, you know, you know what's up. Uh, Sonia expresses doubt in Fury's ability, saying that he was changed since the snap, which they're going to say like a thousand times. So, uh, and that no matter how hard he tries, he'll always, there will always be someone stronger, alluding to he, he failed against Thanos, essentially. 
Uh, Fury says that his experience with the Skrulls gives him a special insight to the situation that no one else uh, has, and he's proposing an alliance. Sonya's like, nah, I'm good. I don't I don't care. Uh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said, absolutely not. Okay. So, we move uh, 312 kilometers southwest of Moscow. Wow. <laughs> a hyper-specific so, so distance. Specific. Is that where, like, Chernobyl is or something? Nah, no. Oh, Chernobyl's yeah. not that. That's like, really yeah. far away, huh? <laughs> yeah. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, 312 is quite a bit. Like, that's going to be in, like, the Caucasus. So, mm. anyways. Um, there's a young man played by Samuel uh, Adawini. Uh, I, I hope I said that right. He approaches the gate. Uh, there's armed guards. Gia, played by Amelia Clark. First time we see her. So another Game of Thrones person. Second Game of Thrones person in this episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, meets him and asks him to reveal his true form. Uh, he is a Skrull. And she welcomes him to new Skrullios. Um, so Gia introduces the new Skrull, uh, uh, Beto? Beto? Mm. I don't remember how they said it. To their new home and their ways, giving him a scroll fruit, uh, which has grown on the cr- compound. And those cowards did not show us like the detail of him eating that. Yeah, cowards. Yeah, I that's all to I'll see say. The like <laughs> juiciness from it or something, and all it was was just thank you. And I was just like, man, let me see his face. Like he probably hasn't had one of these in years. Like, yeah, right. Let's see that. But no. yeah, d- d- no. It d- is it like a Capri Sun? Where you just like. Oh and it's God. gone, or like, <laughs> or like a pomegranate. You gotta rip it in half and get out all the good bits. Yeah, it gave me dragon fruit kind of vibes, just because yeah. of the mm. stem. It looked like a like they painted a dragon fruit blue, and I was like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> show <Fun>. me. <laughs> so, uh, she's promising him that the risks he took to get there were well worth it. Uh, New Skrullios is an abandoned nuclear power plant, just as Hill and Talos, Talos had theorized. There's over 500 scrolls here, including children living there. Um, she says that everyone is a rebel, but only the warriors are allowed to leave, which becomes a thing later on, kind yeah. of. It's, it's just, it's a way to explain why they're contained. And anyways, um, and they're taking on human forms and trying to maintain them for as long as possible since it gives them better cover the longer that they're undercover. So Gia leaves uh, Beto and goes to the restricted room where Gravik's lieutenant, Pagan, played by Killian Scott, uh, inducts a new scroll warrior named Brogan. So one thing about uh, Pagan, we find out later on that he's the one that has been recovering DNA samples. Hmm. So he's the one that's been bringing everything in. Um, and if I remember correctly, Pagan also is big in the comics. Uh, his death is what leads the uh, comics to kick off the secret invasion. Wow. Uh, he was impersonating Elektra uh, when he died. So. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so we the scrolls bring in a prisoner played by Ben Peel, the leader of the Americans Against Russia. And Brogan takes his form, and then they hook him up to a, a machine that allows the warrior to copy the man's mind as well. So one thing that's not explained particularly well is that the essentially another consciousness em- enters the scroll's mind and kind of pushes the scroll to the back. So the scroll is still there, but they're inhabiting the mind of a second person. So that's uh, like they're they're in at least in the comics. That's kind of how it works. And there's instances of the scrolls actually like forgetting that they're scrolls oh. because they're undercover for so long that the, their their personality kind of fades away to nothingness. So there, there could be scrolls that don't even know that they're scrolls anymore, or like, 
like barely remember the fact or anything like that. I'm shook. Shaken, not stirred. What? What? <laughs> I am so okay. shook. What? So well, I I thought the mind machine that they had was like a Cree mind machine. Mm-hmm. Which and they I, use they use on Carol Carol Danvers, yes. Okay, okay. But we also see that that mind machine is essentially able to wipe people's minds in addition to planting memories in. Oh. Because, like, Carol doesn't remember anything from her past life. The whole movie, she's getting flashbacks and stuff like that of her mm-hmm. previous life. She doesn't actually remember her life until much later on. Mm-hmm. She thinks she is this person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, just a little, little tidbit. We'll okay, see if okay. that plays out in the show. I don't know if that's how it's working here. But, I mean, that's uh, th- that, that was, you know, si- some side storylines that happens in some of the comics. Yeah. So. So Fury, uh, Talos, and Hill watch the spy cam and find out that Sonya has figured out who, uh, who the scrolls will use to build their bomb. An artist of the bomb, the, an artist and bomb builder called Pop Popkorishkin. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Uh, it's played by Ariel Emil. Uh, Sonya plans on waiting until the scroll rebel shows up to pick up the bomb and then following them to their base. Uh, Fury wants to incapacitate the MI6 agents and get there first, which Talos is like, nah, that doesn't seem good. However, says how. However, Fury says that Sonya is a scorched earth kind of lady. Like she's she's gonna burn it all down. Like she's not gonna try to save any of these scrolls. They're doing terrorist attacks, so they're all gonna die. Like if they find it, they're probably just gonna bomb it. So uh, she's gonna try to kill everyone. Yeah, not great. No. <laughs> so Fury says attacking her men is the only way to prevent even more loss of life. Um, Fury also says that Graphic thinks Mercy is Talos's weaknesses and that this is a chance to prove him wrong. It doesn't work. Um, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so back at New Skrullus, uh, Pagan informs Gravik that Fury is on Earth and Gravik doesn't seem concerned, uh, and says that they will make their move the next day and that they won't stop until they have Earth for themselves. Pagan then tells Gia that, uh, Pork, Porshkinik, the bomb builder. I'm just going to with that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, to, you know, go pick up the bomb, get to the safe house. Gia heads to the bomb maker's place and finds MI6 agents. So she's like, nah, I'm just going to circle around the back because they decided not to cover the back door. But whatever. Uh, who knows? So at the same time, Talos incapacitates an agent and sneaks in with Fury. They joke about their age and with Talos asking Fury, you know, what he got for his midlife shopping spree. And it was the Avengers. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so as Talos and Fury go in, uh, Gia leaves with the bombs out the back. Fury and Talos confront the bomb maker, and Hill spots Gia getting away, decides to follow her. Uh, the bomb maker reveals himself to be a scroll, and he and Talos begin to fight. Um, Talos is really insistent about handling this himself, telling Fury not to get involved, which I, it seemed like a weird pissing contest, but I didn't understand why i do now after watching episode two sure what you got oh so he just wants to hide the fact that he's invited all of these scrolls from nick fury because he's like what i don't know that's what i thought sure Is sure it's, it's very possible it's like i made a mess um let me clean let me clean it up oh yeah. i guess i thought it was because he really just didn't want him to kill his own kind because i mean it's not like there's a lot of them Anyways, like they all are sca- were scattered about all over space and everything, and I thought that that was just his like way. Maybe, but yeah. my brain was like, "Fury, the gun is not the only option for you. I know you know how to fight with just your fists. Yep. Like, help a dude out." So, 
He's so old. <laughs> He's <laughs> decrepitly old. <laughs> He's limping. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, the bomb the bomb maker starts to get the upper hand, so Fury does just shoot him. Uh, and Talos kind of seems a little dejected by it and a little maybe betrayed. We're not really sure. Like, he's uh, sad. He's sad. Uh, so yeah. Hill follows Gia underground. Gia attacks her and manages to get away. But Talos arrives and starts chasing her with a gun. Gia reveals herself to her father, who informs her that her mother is dead, implying that she was killed by Gravix rebels, and has her, asks her to give him the bombs. But Gia runs from him and later breaks down in tears when she gets away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. no, Dad. So Dad Fury uh, heads to the bar where one of the patrons uh, makes a comment, uh, uh, you know, that he's never, he's not the man that he once was. Uh, this is one of the man that uh, uh, Gravik turns into in the, the market square as well. Uh, Fury kind of just brushes it off, which I thought was a little weird since he knows that there's scrolls about, but whatever. It's fine. Unless he knew, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. So Fury buys him a drink and walks away, joining Maria Hill at her their table. They go over a game of chess, and Hill asks him why he abandoned Earth. After some hesitation, he says that he had a crisis of faith. Uh, much like all of the others, Hill shows doubt in Fury's ability to stay ahead of uh, his enemies and says that if he doesn't figure things out, someone's going to get hurt, which it does. So <laughs> later on, Fury thinks about the, the snap and the moment that he died, clearly still working his way through it. Um, and, you know, there are help groups for this. Like, literally half literally of therapy. all people went through the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, the counselors have got it. I don't want to say set, but they have job security here. Mm-hmm. Um, so Get help instead of uh, hiding in space. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Gia deter- uh, delivers the bombs to Pagan. She tells him that everyone is wait- there was people waiting for her, but doesn't say who it was. And suggests maybe they should postpone the strike. And Pagan's like, nah, that's fine. We're- everything's going to plan. We're good. Gia meets with Talos a little later on, giving him the time and location of the attack. The Unity Day celebrations the next day and telling him that Gravik knows that Talos will be there. She also tells him that Gravik has hundreds of operatives in deep cover, many of their identities unknown even to each other. There are three couriers, uh, including Gia, carrying bombs in two bags that she will mark with infrared spray. Mm -hmm, Which is mm -hmm. just convenient that they have glasses that can find that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The because like it's not like the scrolls can see that part of it, so I don't whatever. The next day, Hill and Talos and uh, Hill, Talos and Fury spot Gia at the location in which the bombing is supposed to take place. Tracking the bags, she hands them off to two other people. Talos goes after uh, one carrier while Hill goes after the other one. But while they're running off. Fury gets kind of distracted and just kind of staring off into the middle distance for a while, mm-hmm. uh, which is sure. I think that's Gravik's move, though. So maybe it was a fake Fury. I don't no, know. No, I don't think it was. Okay. Because Fury follows Gravik in that very scene when the little girl with the big ball shows up. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, it, 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 they're trying to demonstrate because Fury refused to make a move in the chess game. Essentially, they're talking about his inaction is, you know, causing people to die. His inability to do what he's supposed to is causing people to die. That's what they're they're, they're doing symbolism. Sure, sure, so, sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, so he follows yes. the girl and uh, she shifts uh, uh, like uh, into... You know, the older man, the girl from the bench that was kissing, and as they're walking around. Uh, So, 
the scroll we find out later on is Gravik. We don't know that at this point, but kind of assumed. Uh, he takes his human form just as Talos and Hill catch up to their targets, finding out that the bags are decoys. With Fury watching, Gravik detonates the bombs. The crowd descends into chaos as the bombs go off, and Gravik, taking Fury's form, then shoots Maria Hill in the pandemonium. No! Oh! So she uh, does die in Fury's arm, and uh, Talos does pull him away from the scene. We do see uh, Gravik turn from Fury into normal Gravik as he kind of walks away as well, so... Yeah, I was actually so when I saw uh, Agent Hill like help out that family like up and then she sees Fury and she starts to approach him and then the gun thing goes off. My brain is like, oh, this is actually a scroll and Nick Fury saw through it and this is him being a badass right now. And then when I saw where the bullet hole was and then the other Nick Fury like was still with his gun in another place, I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh no oh no it was oh, yeah this it was scene. it was sad yeah poor so, lady so maria hill's been around since uh first avenger yeah first I, I avengers captain mm-hmm. america so she's been in well not been in but she's been around for 20 something movies at this point so mm-hmm. she's yep. kind of always around mm-hmm. so sad yeah I mean, here's the thing. She needs to be allowed to do other projects. (laughs) So there's that, but still, still. So uh, one thing I wanted to bring up in the comics, the the LMDs, the life model decoys uh, in the comics get activated by Maria Hill. She's the one that starts utilizing all of the the decoys to counter the scrolls since the scrolls can't copy the life model decoys. And there can be more than one life model decoy going on at the same time. So, and then uh, if I remember correctly, there's kind of a way to like do like a a signal of some kind with them. So then you know whether they're a life model decoy or not kind of thing. So you can kind of tell if it's, you know, trustworthy or not. They get used a lot involving shield for everything after this to like an infuriating level. Um, But that's neither here nor there. So well, it'd be interesting if it was like, oh, that was a prototype that the lab has been working on for me, and she comes back, and yeah. that would be, I would be okay with that. I think I would be okay with like, let's, we're just gonna like just sprinkle like, don't go overboard, Marvel, don't go overboard, but just like sprinkle just like a little bit in, <laughs> don't go just a little, <laughs> yeah, just it, a smidge. It's one of those things where. I'm hoping they're not necessarily going that route because I think it will start cheapen- cheapening deaths very quickly if they yeah. start doing that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. Restraint. Uh, yeah. So, thoughts on the first episode? Ratings for the first episode? Um, I liked it. I was tired yes. <laughs> when we watched it. I feel like I would like it more watching it again. Um, I liked that Amelia Clark was in it, even though she's she she can stay out of my sci-fi stuff for a while. That would be fine. <laughs> I don't. It's fine. It's fine. I still Star like Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Marvel. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, she's got the trifecta now. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She's hitting them all. Yeah, she just needs a um um. Oh gosh, it, like, watch, she'll be in Rings of Power next. Yeah, yeah. That's She's like Oscar Isaac, and he's going around all of the sci-fi movies right now, That's but true. I ain't complaining about that. Here, here's the thing. Oscar Isaac is sexier to me. 
<laughs> and that's Fair. a personal problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I, I liked it. I was like, sure, let's watch the second one. <laughs> I was excited to watch the second one. How about you, Annalicia? Uh, I rate the first episode a 4.5 out of 5 stars. But the only reason it's being deducted is because at the very beginning... My brain was like, wait a minute, scrolls, let's remember this. And I had to go back into my memory because it's been such a long time since I've seen Captain Marvel, since I've seen uh, Spider-Man Homecoming where that in scene happened. And my brain was yep. like, what? what's going on? What happened? I'm sorry. And it took a little while for me to get there. But I got sure. there and it was fine. And then the beginning of the second episode, there was a little bit of a recap and I was like, I remember this. I Okay, <laughs> yes, thank you. We needed this in the first one, but thank you. <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair yeah what about your rating michael what do you um think? so i probably go like either a 3.5 or a 4 i liked it um i always have an issue with shapeshifters it's just not a trope i like particularly much so i i knew that going in and that's always going to be that's always going to be an issue for me but i mean it was executed very well the visuals were fun um i do think they were trying too hard with the music a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. It was, felt weirdly balanced. Yeah, it, it felt like, yeah, just slightly weirdly balanced. I've noticed that on a couple of shows recently, too. So I don't think it's just them. But uh, yeah, um, but it, it was good overall. And uh, I, I was looking forward to the next episode. We did technically watch these episodes like six hours apart because um, we went, we watched it, went to bed and then woke up and watched the next one. Uh, like I literally we woke up at 530 this morning to watch <laughs> it. So I watched it six seconds apart because I was like, all right, hurry, hurry. Next one, next one, next one. <laughs> That's very funny. I'm going to make it if I hurry. <laughs> a champion. A champion. Perfect. So, so uh, you- like, how do you feel about Mirage in the X-Men since she's a shapeshifter? Like, is it like just like a, a whole bunch of shapeshifters that you don't like? Or is it just still that trope that you um, aren't a fan of? I, the trope in general, like... I, I do like it if it's limited to a single character. Like, if it was just Mystique or something like that, I'm totally fine with that. Like, th- th- if that's the only one. But when you get, like, large scales of, like, just tons and tons of shapeshifters, like, you don't know who to trust kind of thing, I just get kind of frustrated. Um, And it, it's one of those things where it's just, like, constantly, like... You're just like, oh, was that actually a person or was that a shapeshifter? Was that, you know, was that a robot or was that a person? Like, it, who what, who can you trust? It, it, it's one of those things that gets just real frustrating because, like, we already know that people have imp- impersonated uh, Fury in the past. Is this even the actual Fury? Mm-hmm. Like, we don't know. Like, is this just another scroll that took his memories and Fury's still up on Saber or something? We don't know. <gasps> Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm a dumbass. I didn't even consider that that was an option. <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah. It, it's just one of those things where I always just get a little frustrated with it, especially, especially if it's a large-scaled kind of thing. If it's like an individual one, sure. that's uh, That can be kind of fun as like a reveal, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's all. Okay. Let's uh, let's get into the second episode right away. Uh, so we start off in 1995 with a recap of how Fury in- first encountered the Skulls, met Talos, and then promised them their own home. Uh, so Talos does uh, kind of vouch for them. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, that's in 95. Then we cut to 97 where Talos uh, vouches for Fury when Fury's like, hey, if you work for me, I will find you a home. Like I, we did start doing two years ago as well. So, yeah. So, I don't understand. Like, I don't think Nick Fury particularly has any extra knowledge about outer space. 
or the yeah. planets or anything like that. Like, he's not even an astronaut. So why on earth would this entire species just put their faith into a guy to find them a planet who hasn't even been into outer space until, like, right then and there when he was about to help them? Like, I'm like, guys, let's be a little realistic here. Like, what? Yeah. Like, what do we think he can do for us that we can't do with our spaceship? <laughs> yeah, they have <laughs> a spaceship. I and I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, why yeah. do we need Nick Fury again specifically? Like, what has he got that y'all don't already have? Well, yeah. he's three steps ahead. So. Always three steps <laughs> he's ahead. All, he's always three steps ahead. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's like, if it was if it was Carol, sure, I understand. She's, like, actively, like, searching the universe for a planet well, or something. and I thought maybe that's kind of what they would do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Fury is Carol's contact. Well, and that, that's know. part of the thing that I find a little weird is in, the scrolls in this, in this universe are much more passive than they are in the, the, the comics. In the comics, they're much more warmongery. Um, and their reason for going to Earth um, is a little makes a little bit more sense. They have prophecies that essentially say that they're going to take over the blue planet and stuff like that. Like, that's why in the comics they want to specifically invade Earth, as they have, you know, religious background as to why they want to be there, where for in the MCU they just kind of accidentally wandered here. Neptune is more blue than Earth. That's true. So much more sense. The comic version is so such a better plotline. What are we doing? I what? <laughs> no. I, well, the here's the thing. Good. Like, yeah, the story is better. It does lean more heavily on pretty damaging stereotypes about refugees. Yes. Or like mm-hmm. transient people. Or, like, um, the promised land, like, you know, ooh, a race being ejected uh, from their homelands, and, and then going and uh, taking the promised land from another one. That, yeah. yeah. There, there's, there, there's, some, there's some coding there. There's, yeah, that's pretty heavy coding. Uh, um, also, I see why they wouldn't have done that. Yes. And one other thing that in the comics, um, so the, the they get displaced by the Kree in the comics, but their next homeworld, they do get a secondary homeworld, is then destroyed by Galactus. So that's why they flee as well in the comics. So they, if they did it comic accurate, they'd have to introduce Galactus, which I don't think they wanted to just kind of willy-nilly in the middle of a TV show. I thought show. they introduced Galactus. Already. They have not introduced Galactus. They have introduced the Celestials, oh, but yeah. not Galactus specifically. Well, so. I thought in... Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking of the Silver Surfer. That is... <laughs> No. Yes, the, <laughs> uh, the smoke cloud in the Silver Surfer, surfer did happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Man. And, and the scrolls are originally a Fantastic Four enemy. I hate that. <laughs> I despise it. So they, they, they were introduced in ep- uh, issue two of the Fantastic Four. I'm so mad at you for making me watch those movies. <laughs> <laughs> it made okay. for great content. Yeah. Right. Good. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on. So we cut to 97. Uh, Fury is building his network of scroll agents, which does kind of explain why S.H.I.E.L.D. became such a good spy agency if they had a bunch of scrolls working for them. Like, mm-hmm. that could shapeshift. Like, that That, that does check out. Um, a young, uh, or not a young, a female scroll named Vara introduces Fury to a young Gravik. So this is the first time we're introduced to Gravik. He's just a boy. He's just a, a little boy. He's actually probably older than Fury uh, because mm. they, they age at a much different, you know, rate. Um, his parents were killed by the Kree, and he escaped the from behind enemy lines by piloting a ship that he stole, and then he made it to Earth. Anyways, 
Uh, Varro thinks that it could be a good fit for him if, if you were to join the network. Um, he talks to him. They kind of form a bond. I don't know. It, it seemed like, I don't know, it felt like Fury forcing it, so it was kind of weird. Yeah, it was a little bit like, I don't know, it not indoctrination, but... Yeah, it was, it, I don't know, it was impressionable, weird stuff. Anyways... Uh-huh. Uh, Talos addresses the scrolls, reiterating his faith in Fury, and Fury in turn promises the scrolls in exchange for their help uh, at working as spies. He and Carol Danvers, played by Brie Larson, will find them a new home. Uh, the scrolls agree and join him. Um, uh, we the, agree, so we do it. Yeah, the first scroll to step forward <laughs> is Talos's wife as well. So yeah. we'll, I'm assuming we'll probably see her again in a flashback or something later on. We'll see. We'll figure out how she died. Yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's not clear at this point. Um, yeah. so back in present day, Gravik and Talos's daughter, Gia, played by Amelia Clark. I already talked about this. I don't have to keep saying that. Leave the site of the terrorist attack. Uh, the, the scroll Brogan pretending to be uh, an American and it is arrested by the Russians just as Talos manages to get Fury away. Um, after the opening credits, we find ourselves on a train from Mos- from Moscow to Warsaw, where Russian soldiers are looking for Nick Fury. They knock on a compartment and ask the woman inside whether they've seen her. She laughs, saying you'd more likely find an alien on this train. Uh, the soldiers leave, and she turns back into Talos, with Fury coming out of the bathroom. Um, do you think this is like a, like a trans joke? What? A male to female transforming and then there's a bathroom in there? No. (laughs) I not until you said No. Um (laughs) No, I uh was just thinking how convenient it would be to have a beautiful woman disguise. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like you could you could get away with so much. (laughs) Um so Fury and uh, Talos talk, reminisce, or they talk. Fury is reminiscing about his childhood, telling Talos uh, how he would ride on the train from Alabama to Detroit with his mother. And there's a game they used to play called Tell Me Something I Don't Know. And they talk about like them having to sit on the colored car and the food they would bring because they weren't allowed to get food from the, the train and all of that stuff. Um, and one time, Fury's mother asked him to tell her something she didn't know about him. And this girl called Susie, um, who he was seeing at the time. Uh, and he lied to her. And just the fact that he had lied was enough to tell her everything she needed to know about what was going on. Um, it, it's another scene along the lines of Fury's story about his grandfather in Captain America and the Winter Soldier while they're in the elevator. And then he also does the same thing with Brie Larson in Captain Marvel as well. Mm-hmm. So we, we Fury does this kind of thing where he gives weird information about his family's backstory. He likes to sprinkle his interrogations with a little bit of like, here's what I'm, what I've been through. Here's, here's what's going on with me. Right, I'm right. a human still. I have humanity. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So Fury asks Talos about the destruction of Skrullios, uh, and Talos shares how they were under attack. And once uh, they realized they couldn't win, uh, the scrolls fled uh, for their lives. Uh, Fury then asks about the scrolls that fled, and Talos admits that they were on Earth. Um, so there was only a few to start with, but there seems to be a, a million of them now, mm. which is cool. That's so many. That's a lot. Uh, and they're so essentially, he says that uh, all of them that aren't with the emperors, like in the emperor's territory, are now on Earth. So there's apparently a secondary scroll like outpost. Uh, where they're living already, um, which is also a thing in the comics as well. That's where they are posted up prior to invo- uh, invading Earth. Post-up. Um, 
so the, 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 the sheer number of them really shocks Fury, um, who says that Talos lied to him. Uh, but Talos argues that his people were, you know, in a bad place. Um, uh, and they were being hunted across the universe. Uh, summoning them, summoning them to Earth was the only way to keep them safe because Fury never fulfilled his end of the promise. He, he promised to give them a planet. And yeah, it, it, it you know, this how is, how would he have ever given them a planet? True. This right. is, this is one detail that I actually kind of enjoyed. As infuriating as it is, like him making that promise in the first place, like a government promising something to a group just to use them and then not fulfill their end of the promise, very American of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um we've never done that before in the history of anything. I've actually heard that America's never done anything untowards ever. <laughs> weird i'd like to plead the fifth please <laughs> it does kind of beg the Emily's question putting her secret clearance away like <laughs> i work for the government i'd like to plead the fifth please <laughs> no no that's fine. fair so- i respect we do that we do that to charlie sometimes too yeah, where he's yeah. like mm, uh, he's like i, I could say uh, he's nothing. like i'm actively in the military so. my brother <laughs> works for a general so. yeah <laughs> it's great it's cool so, but it does make yeah. you feel like maybe the, like there should have been like a time of like give me five years and I'll mm-hmm. get you a planet because then yeah. like there would be an understanding between the two of like you have a time constraint because exactly. then Fury wouldn't be blindsided by oh you lied to me but then also the scrolls wouldn't be like well you're lying to us right now where's your word you haven't kept it it's like well I technically haven't broken it yet either you know there's there's a weird yeah. there, there yeah. needed to be some more semantics to this contract exactly you have to have a five-year a 10-year and a 15-year plan (laughs) yeah you need to lay it out Um, especially when you're talking about acquiring planets yeah yeah (laughs) to repopulate an entire civilization like this is this is not something you just like say two sentences in like a school theater school cafeteria and you're like all right we're good got it right yeah uh, one one thing that i thought was interesting that was brought up in one of the things i was looking up was um that half the people on Earth were snapped away, so it would be pretty easy for some of the scrolls to just kind of step into those roles while all those people disappeared. Although half of the scrolls would have been snapped that's true, away. But that's still 500,000 yeah. people that could have integrated themselves into society. Exactly, exactly. So, like, what what are we doing? Yeah. So, anyway. You know, I don't know. I didn't think it was silly that they were... <laughs> so, if it were, like, all of the scrolls all everywhere i'd be like eh, you know that's kind of a lot but there are places on earth that they could inhabit that humans like literally can't. these power plants yeah the power plants there are other like really harsh natural conditions that we just can't live there like yeah, that they could mm-hmm. because there's, they can there's room yeah there, <laughs> that's all there's I'm a lot saying. of dead space on the planet and it, yeah we already have new asgard on the planet there's already a whole right. other race of people living on earth yeah and it's like i guess understood that that's a small group of like what three thousand four thousand yeah. people i they're Earth. aliens living on the planet. Like, Earth is just the Motel 6 for any species who has lost its home and just needs a place to stay for the night until you find something else. We're the Motel and, 6 of the galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we're the cockroaches. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So Talus hopes that with Fury's help, humans and scrolls could coexist on Earth. But Fury uh, doesn't think that's even remotely possible. Like, humans can't even coexist with each other. Boo. Which, I mean... It's not a good point, though. It's not. Here's the thing. Humans 
are garbage. Um, and that that's really kind of the point he's making is getting all of the humans to cooperate to the point in which the scrolls could live because they are inherently taking over someone's territory. Like Russia is not going to just give up Siberia. Like as much as they don't want to use it for anything, they're going to still say, fuck you. No, like just because. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that does sound like Russia. Yeah, that, that just sounds like humans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're a very like, self-preserving, selfish species. That's yes. true. That's true. Mm-hmm. We don't like to share. No. No. We missed that Sunday school class. So Fury, uh, making it clear that there's no room for scrolls on Earth, uh, he orders Talos to get off the train and scroll, uh, and Talos does so, leaving Fury to deal with the enormity of everything. Um, I did find it, um, interesting that he's just sitting by that window while there's people actively looking for him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was like, you are a very obvious person if you were just sitting by that window, like. On top of that, like, he was full on shouting. Like, yeah. that, like, no humans can't coexist, like, full-on shouting in the car. And I was like, yo, Fury, they just came by looking for you. Like, your voice is very manly, and I'm sure it carries. <laughs> Maybe we should, like, tone it down a couple decibels. Right? Like, where's the espionage? Yeah. <laughs> where's the spy discretion? Secret, secret, secret. Yes. Uh, the lizard raid comment uh, did not sit quite right for me either. No, I, that felt... Like specious, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't like that. Didn't like that at all. Uh, it felt weird. Anyways, so we cut to London. Uh, Maria Hill's mother, Elizabeth, is pl- uh, played by Juliet Stevenson. Uh, collects her daughter's casket as the as Fury um, is is giving her a full military send send off. Um, the conversation uh, made sense to me until like the very end, like the last, like the closing line. I didn't like like the make sure you know her death wasn't in vain or whatever it was like uh, I was just like ah that seems a little weird to me I don't know it I mean, it was another I, maybe maybe I was still like it just, just something didn't sit right like the yeah. the conversation up to that point felt fine but yeah anyways valid but uh, we we get a scene very reminiscent of the Iron Man scene where the mother goes up to you know Iron Man and like blames blames them for their child's death kind of thing well iron man did kind of kill that kid oh yeah for sure so <laughs> they, they, they dropped a whole ass city on the kid yeah, so i don't know that sucks man that movie's fucked up actually <laughs> yeah age anyway. of ultron has a lot of repercussions that uh, are very fucked i'm glad i didn't watch that until recently <laughs> So, we get a series of nukes clips uh, that illustrate the fallout of the Skrulls' terrorist attack. Um, over 2,000 people died, um, and you know, they have the suspect in custody, and has been identified as the an American, um, the Prime Minister of the UK, Anna Mald- uh, Madley, um, played by Mad- Anna Madley, uh, was, has condemned the attack, and the NATO Secretary General, played by Gampiero Judica, uh, claims that they are gathering intelligence about the bombing. Uh, Russia looks poised to declare war with the U.S., but American authorities insist that they have no involvement. I, You know, when I first saw this, I was like, I don't think it would go down that way. But then I thought about the early 2000s. I was like, huh, maybe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you have a, a terrorist group come from one country to attack another one, and they, you know, 
do an all-out war on that country uh, okay not the weirdest not I guess. the weirdest thing it it does seem like a weird escalation between the u.s and russia uh for that sort of thing like i i i just don't think as bad as it is a single bombing like that would lead to it but i guess it was over two thousand people so you know probably right around the same number as like the world trade centers yeah so. yeah no it yeah and at like a unity day you know festival kind of thing oh, so that's so right. being like such a huge city in russia yeah. like it's not just a little town uh, in the middle of nowhere of russia it was moscow yeah so, so. yeah it, it seemed like a weird escalation between two two large countries like that but uh, who knows um yeah so i lost my place where i was so russia's going to potentially attack uh the u.s gia drives gravik to a meeting of the scroll council on the way, she asked him how he knew Fury would show up. Gravik didn't know for sure, but he had hoped he would. Uh, he makes it clear that he doesn't think Fury it will be a threat, saying that he could have killed him right then and there if he wanted to, but he didn't. Um, at the council meeting, Gravik goes in without Gia, which she seems a little a little mad about, which, sure, whatever. Um, Gia giving her gun and t- or giving Gia a gun and telling her to shoot the guard if he isn't back in an hour. Uh, as Gravik enters the meeting, both the Prime Minister and the Secretary General are revealed to be scrolls of, uh, on, like, members of the Council. Like ass. So, the Scroll Council, led by a scroll named Shirley, uh, played by Sita uh, Idurani, uh, makes it clear that they want to punish Gravik for doing this terrorist attack. The scroll, uh, Gravik, um, on the other hand, argues that they were abandoned by Fury and all the humans. Like, they, they owe them no loyalty. Uh, he sees no way forward except for war, uh, one that they will win because they have, you know, a million soldiers. The Secretary General asks him what they'll do if the Avengers return, but Gravik says he's thought of that already, uh, asking the Council to put their faith in him. The Prime Minister is revealed to be working with Gravik and turns the Council over to his side, kind of? I don't know. It, it felt a little weak. It's She likes seconded his motion yeah basically uh, but she names him general general giving him complete unchecked power over the coming war uh shirley refuses to submit to gravik and he allows her to go free appearing impressed by her principles and saying that if he had you know a million of her they would win shirley and her name's shirley i guess anyways <laughs> so uh she leaves meeting uh leaves the meeting and talos uh Letting uh, and calls Talos, letting him know about Gravik's new promotion. I mean, that's why he let her go, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, he needs Talos to know about parts of his plan. Yeah. Uh, Talos asks Shirley to set up a meeting between him and Gravik in a public place to talk about Gia. Uh, at New Scrollios, uh, the rebellion uh, celebrates Gravik's elevation, but Gia notices uh, Gravik telling Pagan. Uh, something. She follows Pagan to a secret lab where the two, where there are two scientists working on a mysterious DNA samples to make some sort of machine. Uh, from the conversation between Pagan and one of them, uh, Dr. Rosas Dalton, um, we find out that Gravik and Pagan are looking for something called the Harvest, which the scientists need oh, yeah. for their work, uh, but so far have been unsuccessful. I thought maybe I missed something because it was like five in the morning and I was like, what are they harvesting? And then I closed my eyes a little bit. (laughs) And I was like, they're harvesting DNA. (laughs) Yeah. 
So the Europe, uh, the European Union heads of state and the UK Prime Minister call an emergency security summit in London, which James Rode, played by Don Cheadle, uh, attends as a representative of the United States. Rody. Rody. The other nations. <laughs> the other nations question Rody about Fury and Hill's presence at the site of a terror terror attack in Moscow. Um, and he insists that while he's aware of the allegations that Fury and Hill were there, if they actually were there in Moscow, it would have been as private citizens, not as members of the U.S. Uh, government. Which, also fair, and if they're spies and they were that easily, like, caught, you know, it yeah. stands to reason that they, they would have been, you know, trying to stop it, maybe. I don't know. A lot of people know who the fuck Fury is. Yeah, like, yeah. why why would you assume he's fucking shit up on purpose I yeah like, yeah he's just random like he's just going the the, the direct or pr- former director of shield and head of saber is just like doing f- like ieds in the middle of a market square by himself it's like, not his mo no this doesn't make any sense anyways um he also tells them that while the u.s is sensitive to their concerns the president doesn't care um <laughs> Uh, unless they bring up some sort of credible, credible evidence, um, that says the U.S. was involved with the attack, they're not, they're not doing anything. Um, so after the sun, summit, uh, Rody gets a call from Fury and agrees to meet him for a drink. They meet up at a tavern and Fury admits to Rody that he was trying to stop the attack, which mm-hmm. does nothing to calm Rody down. Uh, Fury then divulges the scroll threat, which Rody suggests calling in the Avengers, but Fury insists that that would be too dangerous. If the scrolls could duplicate the Avengers and their powers, that would be game over for humanity. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They have no reason to believe that at this point the scrolls can duplicate powers. Oh. That's not a thing that they can do. Oh. I thought it was like, oh, if someone who looks like you know, Captain America or Iron Man or whoever, and goes and commits crimes, then people will no longer trust the Avengers, and we need people to continue to trust. That's what I got from the situation Which, of, like, no, Avengers can't be involved because their publicity, like, they're out, like, how people see them, it needs to stay positive. Because, which lie, after Ultron, yeah. it was not good. And it was actually them. Imagine if it was, you know, not them and it was something worse. Like, it, it could have, it could get, so that's what I got from it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I, the, they just, he specifically calls out the powers uh, during that, which oh, uh, did frustrate me. I did not so. catch. Mm. I did not catch that part. Sorry. No, you're good. You're mm. good. And, it, like, I understand, like, you don't want, like, you know, a random Bruce Brand banner, like, pulling out a gun in the middle of a, a market and shooting people. Or, you know, I, I mean, if, if it was Steve Rogers or, you know, Iron, um, I want, what is his name? Uh, Iron Man. What is, what is uh, oh, <laughs> why can I, Tony, Tony Stark. Stark. That's yeah. the one. I was like, how did I forget Tony Stark's name? <laughs> he's the one. But he's the one. So, uh, well, and if they get Tony Stark's DNA, they might be able to unlock a lot of his stuff. Yeah. Mm. So, I don't know. That would be dangerous. But he, I would say he's dead. Steve Rogers is yeah, dead. Yeah, but he's got, like, like stuff. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He had a big tower <laughs> where he kept his stuff. <laughs> that, it, it was one of those things where it's like, yes and no. Right. I mean, if you get if you get smart, smart Hulk in there, he can... Like, the radiation won't hurt him. He can go in. He can handle this by That's himself. That's the thing, though. Like, Tony Stark is dead. Uh, Steve Rogers is old and can't do anything. It's like, who are we calling here? Like, T'Challa is dead. Do you know Wanda's, of the... Wanda's... Wanda's Wanda. insane. Um, 
Yeah. Scarlet or Strange not Scarlet is Witch. busy. Black Widow is totally dead. Like yeah. like do you are you aware of the younger Avengers that are coming up or is that just a happy coincidence that's happening? You know? Yeah. Who are we well, calling? That's a, like, there's, there should be a few of them still floating around. Like I said, Bruce is still part of the Avengers. Right, and like, right. Yeah, but, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's, like, a little frustrating. And then, like, the fact that they're disbanded slash not around also is a little frustrating. It's like, did they learn nothing from, you know, Endgame? Mm-hmm. Like, that's yeah. the whole thing is they they were separated, so they couldn't fight properly, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways. It's fine. So... Uh, Fury wants to fight this war on his own. It's his war. Uh, because he d- did not keep a promise to give a person a planet 30 years ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> why would you promise that? Anyway, whatever. Uh, w- when I say it like that, it does sound way more ridiculous. <laughs> like, <Yes>. it- <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, uh, Rhodey wants to, uh, back him up, but, which, you know, the, the, he, or he wants Rhodey to back him up. Which he refuses. Uh, Rhodey then fires uh, Fury. Um, <laughs> however, finally showing himself to be the old spy master he is. Um, he says, Nick Fury, even when I'm out, I'm in. And, you know, disarms the random agent or whatever. Okay. He says something here about, I'm not letting you guys have my DNA. But he left the glass that he drank out of on the table. Yeah. So, why? What? It it does feel like this scene specifically was maybe a little out of order based off of what is happening in the show right now. I don't know. Something just didn't sit quite right with the show. Like the thing, it was like it was a cool interaction between Rhodey and Nick Fury, like talking about, you know, how they gained power and, you know, all of this stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. It just seems a little, a little weird. Mm-hmm. Disjointed. So yeah. Yeah. So, we cut over to, um... Wait, is he suspecting Rhodey and the guy of being scrolls? Maybe? I don't know. Okay, whatever. I do I find know. that line weird of the, like, you're not taking my DNA. I'm like, they're not trying to take your DNA. They're trying to take you to an airport. Didn't you hear that? <laughs> Although, yeah. uh, he could get in that car and it could take him somewhere else that's not an airport. So, maybe he's just... Can't never stop being yeah. suspicious of everybody. But that's what happens when you hang out around scrolls. Can't trust nobody. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing is we already know that they can impersonate Fury. Like, we've already yeah. seen it happen multiple times. Yeah. Like, I know you need to have the person hooked up to take their memories kind of thing. So maybe that's why he doesn't want to be captured. But that's not like taking his DNA. I don't yeah, think. Anyways. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. So uh, we cut over to Sonia Falseworth. Uh, she's visiting a place where the Russians are questioning the captured, uh, quote unquote American. It's a scroll. Um, she takes over, sending the Russians out of the room and starts her interrogation by cutting off a finger to check whether the prisoner is a scroll or not. So, uh, back in New Scrollios, Gia is looking up, uh, Rosa Dalton on the computer to find a list of DNA samples the scrolls have collected from all sorts of peoples and creatures ranging from Groot. Mm-hmm. Um, which was interesting, uh, to Cull Obsidian, uh, from the Black Order. So he, it was, uh, he was one of Thanos' people. He was the big oh, guy with the axe. Yeah. Um, so, and, and most likely they collected his hand because his hand is cut off by a little, the little sling rings when, uh-huh. uh, Wong and, uh, Dr. Strange are fighting him. 
um, to a, a, an extreme uh, Sturmus, uh, which comes from Iron Man 3. That Those are the glowy people that kind of like explode. Uh, we oh. see one of them in Shang-Chi when they're fighting in the fighting arena. There's the dude that like glows red. They have like regenerative powers and kind of have, have like, they can ex- like explode us I've and stuff. I've never heard about these ones before. It, it's, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's the whole it's the whole thing in Iron Man 3. That's how... Um, I've seen that movie. I've never heard about this. That's how Gwyneth this. Paltrow Pepper like survives. literally like turns into one of them. Like... Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And watch, remember. <laughs> it's news to me. <laughs> uh, and then we also get a uh frost beast. Um so th- th- this was left over from Thor Dark World. Uh, there's like a there's a like a frost giant beast that's left on oh, earth. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought it said forest beast at first, which I thought that was going to be man thing. Oh. Which, oh, which 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 was introduced done. by werewolf uh, by night, and I was like, oh, that makes way more sense. Like, oh yeah, man things a thing. Like, that makes <laughs> this makes more. Wait, and it was, no, it was, it was frost beast. So, <laughs> um, didn't we see uh, Gravik use uh, his arm like Groot uses his arm? That's in the trailer. Oh well, we see that in the trailer. That does kind of imply that they can use their powers if they have DNA. So okay, this is what we're getting to. So. In the comics, there's a thing called Super Scrolls. <gasps> they are genetically modified scrolls that can not only copy the appearance of heroes, but their powers. That's why Fury uh, saying, like, oh, their powers and stuff like that was jumping the gun. That idea has not been introduced in the show yet. That is Fury, like, speculating on something that happens in the comics. So, they're kind of folding Gravik into someone, what is his name, Eric or something like that. So, he is a an amalgamation of the Fantastic Four. So, Ew. So, the, the, they make a super scroll that has all of the powers of the Fantastic Four. Disgusting. He, he comes up in the... She-Hulk comics? Yes, She-Hulk comics. Uh, he comes in fights. So, he has flame powers, he has stretchy powers, he has... Uh, you know, um, invisible woman's powers, and then he also has the things powers. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what they're doing. Is like Groot has the stretchy powers, Obsidian kind of has the things powers, the Extremis kind of has the fire powers, and then the Frost Beast can turn invisible. I don't know. That one doesn't I mean, really make a lot of sense. I don't, I don't entirely understand that one. But like each one of his limbs is a different Fantastic Four person. I like having like firepower and an ice power. Like, yeah, and it, yeah, it could be a fire and ice. Like there are some cool animes with that and stuff. Yeah. So. But yeah, so that's what they're trying to do is essentially make a super scroll who can then, like, they eventually are able to copy the powers as well as the appearances of heroes. That's why I was frustrated by Fury saying that when he did. It's because that that, that just isn't a thing yet. This is why I listen to your guys' podcast, and I love it so much, because I don't read the comic books. You're doing all of the work for me and giving me all of the, like, snippets and crumbs that I just need to know, because, oh, that's getting me so hyped. I want to watch the rest of this series, because, oh my god, (laughs) if there's going to be a super scroll, I want to see what happens and what's going to go. Oh my god, (laughs) I'm so freaking excited. That entire, like, monologue you just went on, I was just like, yes, yes, we want all of this. We want all of this to happen, Marvel. Make it happen. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I really hope what the show ends up doing is calling back to all these moments that are disjointed and out of place and putting them in context for Fury's like grand plan or like grand subterfuge. Yeah, like there's an overarching plan that's actually taking place and he's not just being kind of a bumbling little whatever he is right, right. now. Right. Or maybe it's talent. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do hope that there's an overarching plan here and that it's not him. Just Girl, kinda- if it's if it's a spy thing and there's not, 
Like, yeah. what are I'm you a, doing? I'm going to be disappointed if it's not. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I'm expecting we wanna, it. We want an Ocean's Eleven. We want, like, a good James Bond. <laughs> um, they could literally turn into Ocean's Eleven. It, that would be great. That would be super <laughs> fun. Anyway. So, anyways. So, Amelia Clark, also named uh, Gia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she does have a name in there. Yeah, she's uh, interrupted by Gravik, uh, but hides what she was doing, saying that she was looking in at the uh, looking at the new recruit that they brought in in the previous episode. Uh, they have a conversation. He talks about how he initially thought Gia might have been a spy for Talos, but uh, back when she first joined, she he then reveals that they found uh, Brogan's location and takes her with him to go free the captured rebel. So meanwhile, Brogan uh, is you know doing his usual thing. He's talking shit, doing having fun, mm-hmm. uh, refusing to reveal anything to Sonya, but she injects him with a chemical that causes his blood to boil. Um, sucks. Yeah, but oh. yeah, right. <laughs> I had to oh, look yeah, away. He said something. He did say something about. Oh yeah, put it in my arm. Yeah, lol. And then she sticks it in his butt. I, I was just like, yeah, I was like, well, yeah, put it in my arm. And then he's like, oh, not my butt. Like, <laughs> well, part of me was like, would he be able to change his like arm molecules? Like right as it, like, like it's injected, so it doesn't impact right, him or something. But, but if it's in his tushy, then it's really close to all his vital butt organs so uh one of the videos that we were watching does bring up a valid point that i don't have an answer to so the scrolls when they transform can put on the clothes of whoever they're transing transforming into so like uh when we first see this guy trans the the american transform he has the hat and the shirt and everything like that on during this interrogation he no longer has that hat and like shirt on so are they just like removing layers of skin off of them as they go <laughs> Well, we don't oh, see. I don't like that because <laughs> those clothes are technically like his cells, right? Would it maybe it's like fast growing like hair to them? Where like <laughs> oh like, sure, cut, cut the hair off. Like it doesn't actually hurt, and like you can like pluck a single hair out, and like maybe it'll sting for a little bit, but it's not too bad. Like it's not gonna kill you. Maybe it's something like that. I'm gonna believe it's something like that because that skinning <laughs> thing I do not like. Do not like that. <laughs> Uh-uh. Well, I don't think we saw the clothes in the room. No. So maybe he lost focus and maybe like oh. he absorbed he, them. I don't know. Yeah, reabsorbed it or I I don't I don't fucking know. Because cuz if you can take it off, it begs the question, could you like I don't know, grow like a hat to throw in someone's face or something like that, but it's just like taking like a sack of your skin and like Ew. smacking someone with oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> no. <laughs> The, I don't the want scrolls to think about break- that. We should move on. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyways, the uh, Brogan is in some excruciating pain, and he loosens his tongue just ever so slightly. Mm-hmm. The scroll doesn't know where uh, Gravik is, but he does drop a detail about the machine they're building, saying that he thinks it will make the scroll stronger. She asks who's helping them, and after some more pain, Brogan confesses that uh, it's a married couple named uh, that it's a married couple named Dalton. Um, so. She did also ask where the escape hatch was when she entered, which I thought was <laughs> she pre- did, yeah. which is pretty funny. And then she sent all the Russians out because she's like, ah, it'll slow them down enough for me to be able to get out kind of thing. So Gia and Gravik, along with uh, Pagan and Beto, uh, make it into uh, Brogan's location. Gravik and uh, Pagan go in, leaving Gia and Beto in the car. Uh, they do kill all the Russian standing guard. Uh, they do just like casually put one of the dudes on like a meat hook, which was uh, I was just like, oh, bold. Like, uh, didn't I, like that. 
I did not like that either. I was like, oh, we did have to. We did have to do that. We did have to do that. You have guns. You have strength. You didn't have to do that. Well, that was also like the thing it. is like they got like the drop on these Russians and still like went to a hand to hand combat instead of you know fighting them with guns. I, don't I know. mean, it's quieter. I, they used a flashbang, which is oh. inherently not quiet. <laughs> like I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I think I had closed my eyes and I missed the meat hook part, and now I really want to go back and watch that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, 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 it's 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 a pretty quick cut. Yeah, go ahead. You had said that the scrolls were very like warmongering, so maybe it's just like them enjoying themselves. Like, yeah. hey, like let's just let's just have fun here. Like, let's just kill fifteen minutes. Like. Do what you wish. <laughs> We're gonna win anyways. You know what I mean? And so, like, yeah. maybe, but that makes me not like them. I mean, unless they needed to make it look like anybody could have come in and done that. Uh, maybe I don't know. It, yeah, it's I don't know. It's they, they just wanted to have a fight scene. They hadn't had any fight yeah, scenes no, yet in there, this episode. So <laughs> no, there wasn't any. <laughs> so uh, Gia leaves Beto, saying that she's going around back to check on things. Gravik and Pagan rescue Brogan, uh, but Sonia had escaped through the secret hatch. Uh, Gia hides and makes a call, uh, talking in Russian. Grovik asks Brogan what he told the authorities, but Brogan lies and says he said nothing. Gravik notices that the escape hatch, uh, like the escape hatch, Sonia used because she didn't close the door after her. Uh, after driving away, the scrolls find the police waiting for them at their safe house. Um, uh, maybe Gia made the phone call. I maybe I don't sure. I don't know what that the police are gonna do here. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. Um, and Gravik has them drive out into the woods where uh, Paragon e- executes Brogan. He mm-hmm. he does do a kill. Yeah, yeah, if you ever get driven out into the woods, never go to a second location. No, no, um, no. yeah, no. Um, I knew that man was, or <laughs> I knew that scroll was not going to come no. out of this interaction alive. No, I, I don't like, know why he didn't know that. <laughs> did we right? make it home? And he's like, almost. I was like, it's a no, man. <laughs> it's a not going home. <laughs> uh, maybe he did know, and like he preferred to go out this way. Like I don't know. I uh... yeah. He seemed kind of young and dumb. Yeah. Uh. So, anyways. Uh, in the final moments of the episode, uh, Fury heads to a storage facility where he picks up a vehicle and drives out into the countryside, where uh, where we are shown a house with a female scroll working in the kitchen. Fury walks in uh, and meets the scroll now in human form, played by Charlene Woodard. Uh, she asks him, aren't you forgetting something? And he steps out of the kitchen, returning with his wedding ring, which he then puts on his finger before kissing her. And yeah, that's how we, we end the episode. This is a secret war for lovers. So wait, I'm, conf- I'm confused. And if you know the answer, that would be great. So does he know that she's a scroll? Because she looked human as soon as he turned the corner, but she was clearly a scroll to the viewer, what we see. So I'm just like, uh, is this a hookup that happened on Saber that you guys are still keeping up? Or is this like a secret spy thingy that we know, but the main character doesn't know? I was a little so confused. We- we don't know for sure, but this is the same scroll woman from the beginning in 1997 that brings in Gravik. Like, she is the one oh. that introduces Gravik to it. So they already had some sort of relationship formed previously. Oh, okay. um, so we don't know if he explicitly knows that she's a scroll, like, or if she took the shape of a woman he thought was, you know, would be interesting or mm-hmm. something along those lines. Uh, we, we, we don't entirely know at this point and this is the first time in any of the marvel things we've seen her 
Yeah. Um, we've we've he's mentioned his family previously, but we've just never seen anything with it, so we just don't know. I would like to think they know it's fine. It you know yeah. yeah. You yeah, know what? It, that it, would explain why he was so like, I'm gonna find you guys a planet because he was in love with her. Like, yeah. maybe that would explain the outlandish, entirely impossible, <laughs> unrealistic deal that he made. <laughs> you ever have a man promise you the moon, the stars, and a planet? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> uh, like I'll spend, I'll get spend ten bucks to get a, a star named after you. I'm cool with that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, we're not that. That's not entirely clear. Uh, I do like the first thing that you said, Audrey, when you saw her. Is like, do you think they kiss while she scroll? Like, <laughs> I I want to see them kiss when she's a scroll. Me too. I think it would be bad if they didn't. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. there, it does have like kind of a uh, weird connotation that like she can just look like whatever he would like. Right, like literally changing herself for a man. Literally changing herself for a man. Yeah, so, yeah. which doesn't feel great. No. No, not today. <laughs> not not in 2023. <laughs> Unless like that is like what she prefers to look like. Which sure. But, uh, which I would think then she would stay in that form because when she's at home, she's a scroll. Well, maybe it's like a focus thing. Maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe she wasn't. So I don't know if this has ever happened to any of the other ladies who listen uh, or, or just Aunt me. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm like doing desk work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll move in a way and I don't realize my tit has been on the table the whole time. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe it's just that like presence of self. <laughs> she, I she thought was, you were gonna say like I'm just sitting at doing desk work and just wonder if it would, Mike would look like Pedro Pascal. Like, <laughs> oh no, no. I mean that would be crazy, <laughs> unthinkable. No, um, I don't know. She was like cutting cucumbers. You yeah, gotta, maybe she just wasn't focused on. Like that muscle, whatever yeah, it is, that's possible. It's not real entirely uh, explained how they do it. So, I yeah. Mean, like when my husband's around, I try to like suck in the gut a little bit, but like because <laughs> also like when I look in the mirror, I also like to suck in the gut. So like maybe mm. it's the same thing. She just put, maybe. forgot to suck in the gut for a little. Bit. Yeah, I, I guess that's yeah. true. If I could, I guess if I could look like anyone, like, I don't know. Sure. Sure. Look like Olivia Coleman. <laughs> just like rolling the dice every day you walk in. Just I would look like someone completely different. I would be so confused. He would <laughs> like no, that wouldn't work for me in my brain. I'd be like, oh my god. Well, either somebody took Michael's keys, <laughs> or <laughs> or Michael is now Florence Mew <laughs> or Florence Pugh. <laughs> Florence Mew is our cat. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We named our cat Florence Mew. Yeah. Uh, it was funny. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see more. I really hope that the death um, matters or that they bring the LMDs in in a very satisfying way. Yeah. And that all of these stupid little loose threads get tied the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. It's only the second episode. They've got time. They've got yeah, time. Yeah. They. Mm, they sure do. Oh, um, I <laughs> I did want to say that Olivia Coleman um is uh in an, one episode of Midsummer Murders, <laughs> Ooh. and she was in Broadchurch with David Tennant, which is why I recognized her. Oh, uh, okay. But she was in The Favorite, and uh, she played Elizabeth II in The Crown. Also, um, Sonia did. 
uh, when she was doing that like torture scene, did she give like Dolores Umbridge vibes to you guys? Yes. yes. I was just like, you were so intimidating without even like being intimidating in like that like very put together kind of way. And I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. this is this is not good. This is not good. I don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I did do like a double take when I saw her mannerisms. I was like, no, nah, that's not her. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. So, yeah. Uh, how about you, Annalisa? Uh, final thoughts on episode two? It was really good. Um, I would rank it a 3.5, maybe 4 uh, out of 5 stars. Just because, uh, like, there was a little bit more confusion for me in this. Because it made, it made me have more questions than answers. So I'm sure it'll get better as we keep going. But, yeah, I thought it was good. I'm super excited to keep watching. Especially now that you told me all the things that it could be i'm super excited and i hope i hope they do it right please do it yeah. right please for the love of god <laughs> please um, and yeah i'd probably be sitting at that 3.54 I, I i you know same same critiques i had last time so I, I think it was a little bit more intriguing i do like them leaving some some questions up in the air a little bit but i, I do think i agree with audrey that they've made a lot of random threads that i do hope that they close up because if they don't it's going to be very unsatisfying mm-hmm. and will make people very upset. So. Especially for a spy thriller. Yes. Like, yeah. so. Gotta do it right. That the satisfying ending is the whole point of the spy thriller. Otherwise, you just got chaos. And nobody wants yeah. that. It's not entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I think that's all we have for this week. Um, like I mentioned previously, we do have the Patreon, which I have not gotten to the LMDs in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I am very sorry about that. I guess I will power through in all of my spare time to get to the LMDs in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, I will not. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I will not get there. Um, <laughs> it's going to take me so long to get there. Uh, but we do have that. We do have the link tree link down below with all of the socials. We're Characterverse Pod, just about anywhere you can look. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about doing some more uh, some more TikToks. Oh, sure. Because there, there's some fun filters where you like rate movies as they pop up you have to like order them and stuff like that so i think that i think that could be fun uh because we have we we seem to only do tiktoks around every geekly con which is interesting that that's the the trend is that's when we're like busiest and i was like tiktoks let's do it (laughs) but yeah so check out check out all that stuff um but for this week i've been mike i've been audrey and i've been on alicia thank you for joining us and talk to you next time (laughs) Surprise, scroll.